Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk about the main event from Monday Night Raw last night. A very good Monday Night Raw as Drew McIntyre is now once again your WWE champion after defeating Randy Orton and will face Roman Reigns at Survivor Series on Sunday. We get into the match. Also, we get into can Drew McIntyre be the quote-unquote face of the WWE? Also, we start to compare rosters. How about looking back at the 1985 roster for the WWF? All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. I really like the match between Drew and Randy. I wish they didn't go the no DQ route. I know why they do it. It makes it a little easier to have the match. It makes it a little bit more palatable for uh, fans to watch it because they know there's going to be some bells and whistles like chairs and the announce table and all that stuff. I know Drew and Randy can get it done in the ring. I would have liked to have seen them just have a great championship match no problem still like what i saw last night but the the thing that i love the most about last night's match was the finish in the middle with the claymore that's it it's like you know it's like professor plum in the library with the candlestick drew mcintyre in the middle with the claymore that's who did it uh, there was no, uh, there was no chair shot. There was no, uh, you know, n- no gimmicks involved. It was a claymore out of nowhere. One, two, three, one finish. That's all it took. Money shot. One finish. No, not Val Venus's money shot. Wow. Uh, Drew McIntyre's <laughs> money shot. So uh, I really like that. Good, strong. One, two, three, and now Drew is our new champion. What did you think of the match? I loved it. Um, I agree with you, too, because a lot of if you really look at this story now, we got the story with Edge and Randy Orton as well. But if you look at the story between Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre, Drew McIntyre has not really been able to use his finisher. Like you said, a lot of wonky things happen at those end of the matches between those two. It was great seeing Randy Orton go for the RKO, Drew block it. Go throws him into the ropes. He hits the ropes, hits the Claymore, one, two, three, in the middle of the ring. And if you go back and watch that match, uh, Randy Orton kind of gave a tip of the cap to Drew McIntyre. Gave him a little pat on the backside, kind of like, you know, great match. And it really was on TV because to see those types of instances on, a, on, on Monday Night Raw are rare. I went back in the 28-year history of Raw, that title has changed hands 15 times, including the one that we saw last night. Hasn't happened in almost five years. So it's rare that you see that championship victory. So it was cool seeing it. And what a way to get you revved up for Survivor Series. Bully, obviously, judging from our show last night, there's a lot of stuff going on in the WWE outside of the ring. And there hasn't really been, in my opinion, with the exception of Roman Reigns on SmackDown, a great build towards Survivor Series. But we saw Drew on Friday, you know, and then you hear Drew McIntyre at the end of that match before they went off the air, uh, him giving a clear message to Roman Reigns. Outside of the final farewell of The Undertaker, I now have something to look forward to at Survivor Series on Sunday. Are you more looking forward to Drew versus Roman or you would have been more looking forward to Randy versus Roman? No, I think it's Drew and Roman. Um, And I know a lot of people are saying, well, come on, it's kind of cool to have two heels in the ring together. And I understand that. But knowing the chemistry between Drew 
and Roman, and you and you felt that on Friday between those two. I think this could be a very very special matchup on Sunday, and I'm really curious on how this is going to end. If it was Randy and Roman, I would think there would be some kind of shenanigans. You probably wouldn't get a clean cut finish, and they and that might happen on Sunday as well. But uh, again, I don't know what's going to happen between those two. And again, that's a, a reason why you should be interested and tuning in on Sunday. I agree with you. Last Friday, the interaction between Drew and Roman was very good uh, throughout the show, especially, I believe, to open up the show. Uh, I felt the intensity. <clears throat> I believed what they were saying. I, I like uh, I, I like the interaction. They seem to have a good chemistry together on the microphone. I'm sure they'll have some good chemistry together uh, in the ring with their physicality. I did laugh a little bit last night that um, – Roman threw Randy on the announce table twice, and Randy threw Rome. Uh, I'm sorry, not Rome. Randy threw Drew on the announce table twice, and then Drew threw Randy on the announce table twice, and the announce table never broke. However, Nia uh, Nia Jax can pick up a uh, 110 pounds soaking wet with a brick in her pocket, uh, Lana, and put her through without a problem. So, yeah, that was pretty funny. And, and and the one time Drew dropped Randy on that announce table, they actually had – obviously Randy said shit or something along those lines because it got edited out. Um, so I thought that was interesting as well. But, again, physical battle. And, you know, Adam Pierce coming out. And now he's kind of become that, like, you know, that uh, authority figure somewhat uh, on Monday Night Raw. You know, they never really did a good job of explaining who he is and why he's in that position. But I guess at this point, it doesn't really matter. So having him come out and saying, you know what, we're getting a finish, pinfall or, or submission. We're getting a, a clear-cut winner. Uh, I, thought that was, I thought that was really great because Drew's, Drew's the guy. Uh, but we, we know that. Randy, Randy's a Hall of Famer. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. You know, he's been around now for almost 20 years. Um, but Drew is the guy that they have to run with. And it is kind of odd to have Roman Reigns holding the title on one show and Randy Orton holding the title on Monday Night Raw. Bully, you always say that the WWE is a babyface company. So you need to have that babyface champion at least on one show, and it's Drew McIntyre. And I saw a lot of people say on social media, well, why did they have Drew McIntyre lose the title in the first place if he was just going to win it back on a Monday Night Raw? Well, that's the goal, to have the title won on a Monday Night Raw because, hey, you need a reason. They just said it. Hey, anything can happen on a Monday Night Raw. A title can change hands, and it gives a little juice as we get closer to Survivor Series on Sunday. You asked me um, during the week, I mean, it might have even been last week, you said, uh, is there any chance we're going to see Drew McIntyre uh, defeat Randy Orton? And I was of the opinion that <clears throat> Vince doesn't like to really flip-flop that world championship too much, but they caught us all by surprise, and I liked it. Um, having a title change on Monday Night Raw, Lord knows that they can use some uh, uh, a little something-something on that show to get people talking. I think last night they did. I think last night's main event uh, got people very excited. And for the most part, from the feedback that I got from the nation, it, it worked. People liked it. And I'm looking forward to talking to our fan base today because I'd really like to know what stood out to them about Monday Night Raw, what they liked, and maybe what, what they didn't like and how we can tighten the screws today. Yeah, you know what, Bully, too, what I want to hear from the nation because obviously we can't get it now because they're not in a lot live arenas with thousands of people. That's how you can really gauge if a champion is truly that guy and could be the face of the company, which I believe Drew McIntyre could be. But since he's held on to this title, even that first time after beating Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 36, he has not been able to do it in front of a crowd. The last time really you saw him get a crowd reaction was at the Rumble, and it was loud when Drew McIntyre won that Royal Rumble. So, Bully, I, I want to hear from the nation. Do they think Drew McIntyre can be that guy? Listen, on SmackDown, I think Roman is the perfect champion. That storyline and that reality-based storyline with the family ties and that bloodline, I think is perfect for SmackDown. Well, Bully, as you say, WWE being a babyface company, could Drew McIntyre be the face? Because... Honestly, he's great on the microphone. He's great in the ring. He's got a great look. I think Drew McIntyre as champion 
could be the future and the face for the WWE. Okay, I'll just let's just compare him to the guys that came before him. Does he have as much personality? Does he have the same it factor of all of those guys that came before him that were the face of the WWE? And when you say that, you mean Cena, Rock, Stone Cold, Hogan. Yeah, if you're go- if you're saying that he's going to be that guy, it was going to be Roman, but that experiment never went the way they wanted it to go. But in that experiment failing, it's succeeding in leaps and bounds right now because Roman is now in his sweet spot. Roman is where he belongs right now. So can Drew be that guy? Does Drew have as much personality as a John Cena does Drew have the badassery of the uh, of Stone Cold is he as witty as the rock so if you're going to be that guy is can Drew be that guy does he have it within him hi this is Adam Shine. the Adam Shine podcast is back for another football season I'll give you my passionate hard-hitting takes every week including picks against the spread and fantasy football advice all while talking to the biggest guests in all the sports celebrities media personalities diehard football fans on a weekly basis it's the Adam Shine podcast with new episodes dropping on Tuesdays you can listen to the podcast anytime on the SiriusXM app iTunes Pandora and with Stitcher Listen, when you look at the lineage of former champions, faces of the franchise, so to speak, you think of Cena, Rock, Stone Cold, Hogan. I mean, if you want, you can even go back to Bob Backlund. But does he have the charisma of a Hogan? The answer to that is no. Is he the badass like a Stone Cold Steve Austin? The answer to that is no. Does he have the humor and the wit? Of a rock. No. And is he that beloved baby face like a John Cena? Probably not. Though, I will say this. The one thing about Drew McIntyre is he's a combination of all those things. Listen, it's hard enough to be a face of the franchise when it comes to the current state of the WWE. Bully, you always say it. There's a ceiling. You know, they love to say break the break that glass ceiling, but do they really let you do that? Probably not. But Drew McIntyre is somebody that is going to be accepted by the current WWE fan base. You mentioned Roman Reigns. The fans never gave Roman a fair a fair shake. They just didn't want it. They felt felt that he was being force fed and they they rejected him in over a five year period. And like you said, Bully. It brought us to the Roman Reigns we're getting now on SmackDown. So, you know what? At the end of the day, we all win. That's not the case with Drew McIntyre. The fans love Drew McIntyre. I believe if this wasn't the Thunderdome and we weren't in a pandemic, that you would be getting 15,000 fans applauding and appreciating Drew McIntyre each and every Monday night. I, I completely agree. That wasn't the question. The question is, can he be that guy? I I don't think Drew has all of those other tools that the Cena's and the Rocks and the Steve Austin's and the Hulk Hogan's had. But if there's one thing that he does have, it is the look. He's got the size, the stature. He's got the move set in the ring. He has so many things going for him. Being the human being and the person that Drew is, Drew is a really nice guy. Drew reminds me a lot. I know I'm going down a weird weird path right now and off on a tangent. He reminds me of Rob Terry. Remember Rob Terry? Yes, from uh, TNA. Right. Both of these guys looked so impressive. Big, bad mother truckers. But they were so nice. Drew is just comes across so nice. And of course, you want a baby face to be nice, but it's almost too nice. And that's what I feel when I hear from Drew and uh and and I see Drew. I wish there was just a little bit more fire under his ass. Just a little bit more. Because I just feel like I I I'm talking to that guy who's just a good human being. I want him to have just a little bit more of that Austin-esque 
bass in his voice, that confidence level. That's all that I know he has that confidence. I just want to hear it come out of him a little more. I think the WWE has done a great job with tapping into Drew's witty side, also. Drew definitely makes me laugh at times, and it's just enough for my big badass baby face to make me laugh. I but but Drew is he's just a nice guy, and that comes across sometimes on TV a little bit too much. I just want Drew to have a little bit more of an edge. That's just me personally. I'm not telling Drew McIntyre what to do at all. I'm not trying to tighten a screw here. I'm just saying, as a fan, I see how nice of a dude he is, and I'd like to just see a little bit more. Okay. Let me ask you this. Did John Cena have that? Because John Cena was like the ultimate nice guy. Did he have that little bit of an edge that you're talking about? Sure, because Cena was a snarky, witty prick. You're laughing. You're smiling. You're shaking your head. You know, Cena was just enough of a douche nozzle for him to be that guy. And it worked. And, and, and I mean, he, he is on that Mount Rushmore of WWE champions because he dominated for a decade. A lot of people hate it, but probably even more people loved it, Bully. And, and Cena would go from cheesy guy. You've so, I've, how many promos have you seen, Dave, from John Cena where he came out to the Boo Birds Going 20,000 people just booing Cena. Yeah, some kids and some girls would be screaming at the top of their lungs. But for the most part, people would be booing Cena out of the building. Then he'd pick up the microphone, and by the end of the promo, he won the whole arena over. And basically preaching hustle, loyalty, and respect. And I'm going to dig down deep. I'm going to get the job done. And I'm going to kick my opponent's ass. And you could hear the levels of John Cena. Like, he would start off with, wow, listen to everybody in the arena tonight. Hating my guts. That's awesome. But by the end of the promo, he was down here. And you can hate me all you want, but John Cena is going to get the job done. Maybe maybe that's the range that I'm looking for with Drew a little bit more. And he's going to get there. What Drew needs is fans back in yes. the arena. Okay? Fans back in the arena. So that, that something to feed off of. The energy to feed off of is going to help uh, Drew out a lot. Of course, it's going to happen across the board for every performer, but as your world champion and the guy and the guy that could be the big baby face of the company, you need that to feed off of. Well, I also asked that question to the nation, Bully, so why don't we go out to the nation and start talking to and see if we got some answers from them, especially, like you said, since we don't have any fans in the crowd right now. Let's go out to Marcus in Omaha. And Marcus, do you think Drew McIntyre – could be that guy. Good morning. No, I do not. Um, and the reason I, I feel that way, a lot of the points that Bully just po- uh, pointed out, and I, again, just being a fan, I'm not here to tighten the screw. I don't have a wrench to tighten the screw. However, what I will tell you is that I enjoy Drew as the Scottish psychopath way more than what I enjoy now. The reason being because now, Kind of as uh, Bully was alluding to, he's a little too nice. He's a little too syrupy. Uh, The witty stuff, that's the type of witty stuff, in my personal opinion, I expect to hear from uh, 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 Dolph Ziggler if he's a good guy or, uh, you know, somebody further down the card. But when my star, when my champion is on the TV, I want him to grab me like that. Rock, grab me like that. Austin, grab me like that. Cena, grab me like that. This guy doesn't grab me like that. And, yes, he does have that physical look. I have nothing to say about his ability. When, when the bell rings, he looks every bit of the star. He wrestles like every bit of the star. But I don't want to hear him on the microphone. Literally, I've almost got a routine now that when he starts the show, I don't listen to him. I wait until somebody else shows up on the screen. Okay, now let me see what's going on because it's just too nice. I want somebody coming out the box talking that trash, talking that noise, saying something to make me say, oh, damn, man, we cannot miss this pay-per-view. Man, we cannot miss this show. And he doesn't give that to me. Now, conversely, I feel that Roman Reigns at this point 
as the tribal chief slash head of the table, whatever you want to call him, he grabs me. And the reason he grabs me is, yeah, it's real, but, man, it's badass, it's hard, it's short, sweet, to the point. He ain't playing with you. When he says and what he says, he means it. And it, it, it resonates when he's talking. It resonates on the screen. And that, I can't get enough of it. And to me, honestly, when, if when, he does turn back to that other side and become a good guy, we're going to be captivated with Roman Reigns that much more. The same, in the same ilk that we got captivated from Die Rocky Die to the People's Champion. So to answer your question, no, I don't feel that Drew McIntyre is that guy. Does he have the capability to get there? Absolutely. Who am I to say otherwise? But I don't feel that way right now. Marcus, is your opinion on Drew 100% your opinion, or have you listened to me speak about him and you let my opinion sway you? Absolutely not. You can ask your producer that answers the phone. What you said was almost verbatim what I was saying before he put me on hold. I got my own. I have my own opinions when I call the show. I felt that way. I, every, literally, I, I just told you what I do when he comes on the screen first. And I did not do this when he was the psycho. Uh, the, I'm sorry, the uh, Scottish psychopath. When he comes on the screen. I barely listen. I'm talking to my son. I'm talking to my wife. I wait for Randy Orton. I wait for whoever his antagonist is to show up on the screen. And then I'm like, okay, what's going on? Let me, you know, like, are they about to have a match? Are they setting up something? That's when I get intrigued. I don't get intrigued when he talks. I think he's gooey. I think he's a little, I think he's a little corny, to be honest with you, as, as a good guy. I enjoy him way more when he was a bad guy because he had an edge, his words were shorter, and the stuff that he said matched the things that he did to people. So, Marcus, when somebody else comes out, you start paying attention to Drew because you like how he feeds off of somebody else, or it just has to do with the other person? I like how he feeds off of somebody else. I think the other person brings a heightened sense of, you're going back to the way you the way you articulated it earlier makes it sound better. That other person brings him to a point where whatever's in him, and again, I'm not saying it's, it's not in him. I'm just not seeing it right now. Whatever's in him kind of has to rise to the forefront because he's being challenged. But I'm going to tell you something. If The Rock was on your screen, if Stone Cold Steve Austin was on your screen, if Cena was on your screen, they don't need anybody else in that ring but them with a microphone in their hand, and you're captivated 100% from start to finish. Marcus, and I don't think a really that's the good... case with Drew. Marcus, Great it's phone a really call. good call. Really good call, phone, uh, really good phone call, Marcus, and thanks. That was a really good way to start off the show on the phones, Bully, because, you know, Marcus – Marcus puts up a great argument while on the other side why he feels, at least right now, like you said, obviously there's the potential. Who is he to say that he doesn't? But right now he doesn't grab him. And Dave, before I gave my opinion, was I talking as the professional or as, was I talking as the fan? You were talking as the fan. And, and as a fan, my opinion matched that fan's, Marcus's opinion. Uh and Marcus did say that he tunes into Drew once somebody else comes out there because Drew seems to be better when he's feeding off of another talent. Thus, my point, I believe Drew will do much better when he has an audience to feed off of also. Yes, and he's, again, he's a champion right now, bully that has a lot of obstacles in front of him. To have a promo in the middle of the ring and there are no live fans in attendance, that's a very, very difficult obstacle to overcome. Hey, everyone. This is Lisa Ann, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences, past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox new episodes are available every wednesday on the sirius xm app and apple Podcasts. has this past friday on smackdown and last night has it got you more amped up bully for survivor series on sunday i'm more amped up for the match than i am the entire pay-per-view i'm more amped up for that. roman versus drew than anything else 
I would have loved to have seen an intergender Survivor Series match. I don't know why they can't do that. That would have been different and intriguing. Two guys, two women from Raw, two guys, two women from SmackDown. What the hell's wrong with that? I don't know. What do I know? I talk again, to you every day. I, uh, that's true. And that could be mind-numbing at times, I understand. But again, I'm, I'm just not into the whole Survivor Series concept. Like, last year, it was kind of cool because NXT was involved. But, like, again, we just had the draft a month ago. I can't buy into people really care about Team Raw and Team SmackDown. It means absolutely nothing. Um you know, are, are there fans of SmackDown maybe that might say, oh, we'd love to see Team SmackDown beat Team Raw? I, I, again, I don't know how that helps your brand in general with the WWE, though I do agree with you, Bully, that the match between Roman and Drew McIntyre has me intrigued. Also, we talked about, especially last week, how the final farewell of The Undertaker at Survivor Series for the nostalgia portion, which is a big part of the WWE's business, is definitely intriguing as well. Outside of that, there's not a lot that intrigues me, though. I mean, I guess the New Day against the Street Profits could be a lot of fun as well on, on Sunday. If you want to see a really good tag match, those are two teams that could bring it and give you a good tag match. Uh, I totally agree about the tag match. <clears throat> Put some psychology on that bad boy. Get some heat. Get some steam. Give me a good hot tag. Blow a comeback. Give me some great false finishes. Uh, I think those two teams will be able to do it. Now, Retribution got a win last night. Retribution, if you haven't heard, has hacked uh, the WWE's Twitter account. Does Retribution get involved at Survivor Series on Sunday? In what match? In wh uh, Where? When? Who? Why? How? Any pick does it one. even have to matter? Does it even matter? The, it probably doesn't matter, but could they could they get involved when it comes to what we see at Survivor Series on Sunday? They don't have a match at Survivor Series, as far as I know, they do not. No, I mean, wouldn't it have been like wouldn't it have been smart to I I don't know if, if if Retribution is on Raw for them to face a Raw team or. Let's backtrack. What have, should have happened was Retribution should have never been drafted in the draft. They should have screwed with Monday Night Raw. They should have screwed with SmackDown. Thus, two guys from Raw had to join forces with two guys from SmackDown to take on Retribution. God forbid you should do that. That would have made I too thought, much sense. I thought, especially off of what we, we saw with NXT back in the day, I thought you would see some kind of team go up against Retribution. Uh, but that obviously did not happen. All right, here are the matches, Bully, for what we're going to see uh, at Survivor Series on Sunday. You're going to get Team Raw against Team SmackDown. I don't think a lot of people really care. Then you're going to get Team Raw against Team SmackDown. When it comes to women's members, again, I don't, I don't think a lot of people care. Though, I think a lot of people are intrigued about there's still two members of the Team SmackDown women's team that we don't know who they are yet, and we'll find that out. On Friday, you got Bobby Lashley going up against Sami Zayn. You know, your Raw U U U.S. champion going up against your Intercontinental champion. I, g I guess that could be fun. The New Day going up against the Street Profits. Asuka versus Sasha Banks. Now, Asuka, your Raw Women's Champion, going up against Sasha Banks right now. You're a SmackDown Women's Champion. That could be interesting. And, of course, Drew McIntyre going up against Roman Reigns. Listen, Oscar versus Sasha should be something that we should be clamoring for right now. But Oscar seemed to be kind of like not on the back burner, but not as important as she used to be. I mean, last week we were talking about Oscar as, you know, we, we weren't even paying attention to Oscar. We were paying attention to Lana going through a table. Although I do think that when those two women get in the ring, they'll give us a great match. I think Asuka is another example, Bully, of what we talked about with not knowing how to build badasses in the WWE. And this is something I wanted to get into with you. Now, whether it's back in the day with uh, Vladimir Kozlov or, you know, what we saw, uh, you know, with Rusev, uh, you know, what we've seen with Braun Strowman at times, what we've seen them do to even the big show and Mark Henry. You know, when it comes to you got a badass there, why why are you why are you making a joke of that badass? 
And now we're seeing it on the current roster. Asuka being the example. Asuka is just there for jokes. I mean, seriously. The way that she's being presented on Raw since the draft, she's there to make the backstage commentator and interviewer laugh. Like, she's not the badass that we saw a couple of years ago at WrestleMania against Charlotte. She's not that technician anymore. She's not the one that she can step into the ring with anybody and completely destroy that person. She's there for jokes. She's there for laughs right now, bully. That's not how you treat a badass. And a case in point, what we said about Nia Jax and, 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 and Shayna Baszler. Nia Jax is putting a woman... The same woman threw a table for over two months now. It's a joke. It's a joke. Why? Everybody's Everybody's been, well, not everybody, but a lot of people have been watered down. I mean, when you think of who's truly over in the WWE, who comes to mind? Roman. Who else? Drew. Who else? Seth, Ray, mm. a handful as compo- as opposed to the majority. Back in my day, everybody was over. So when people, you know, bitch and moan about, oh, you know, when veterans like Bubba say back in my day, first of all, I'm doing it tongue in cheek because I'm not a back in my day guy unless I'm supporting it with a cold hard fact. But here's my cold hard fact for back in my day. Attitude era, everybody was over. Find me somebody that was not over back in the attitude era. I'm sure there were some people, but probably. Who, S.A. Rios? Yeah, I I would say probably the fault of their own and not the fault of creative. Would that be fair? My point is, everybody was a somebody back in the day. Now the majority of, of somebodies are nobodies. They just are. They're just there. They're just there to fill time on a TV screen. The three names we're talking about, uh, Asuka, Nia, and Shayna. My God, all three of those women are special in one way, shape, or form. Whether it's Asuka being the Japanese, like a, like a, a, a cross between um, a, a great Muda and a, uh, who's the, uh, and a, and a, who's the badass from New uh, Japan? Great Kabuki? No, Muda and uh, what's the guy who his head looks like Dreamer's ass? Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Go on, I, I, you're not going to get it out of me now. So I hear what you're saying, though. But and- she's like she's like the female version of a Muda. We have we have uh, Naya, who's the biggest, baddest, strongest woman in the division. And we have Shayna Baszler, who's a legit badass, a-, a la Ronda Rousey. And none of them are special to me right now. Bully, you you mentioned the Attitude Era, okay? Let's go back before the Attitude Era. Let's go back. I just I just picked out a random year, nineteen eighty five in the WWF, right? Yeah. Now Hogan was the guy who was on top. He was your world champion. All right. He's as over as over could be. Probably the most recognizable pro wrestler in history. Correct. Yes. I'm just gonna throw. I'm 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 just throwing out random names. Tell me if they were over or not. The Samoans. Yes. Andre the Giant. Yes. Big John Studd. Yes. Cowboy Bob Orton. Yes. Brutus the Barber Beefcake. For a time. Okay. Don Morocco. Yes. Greg the Hammer Valentine. Yes. The Junkyard Dog. Yes. Roddy Piper. Mega. Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Mega. Jesse Ventura. Mega. George the Animal Steel. Yes. Bret Hart. Mega. Uh, Jim the Anvil Neidhart. Yes. Uh, B. Brian Blair. Somewhat. King Kong not, Bundy. I, I, not B. Brian Blair. The Killer Bees. Okay, the Killer Bees. All right, and they were a tag team at that time. So B. Brian Blair and Jim Brunzel. Yes. King Kong Bundy. Main event did WrestleMania 2 with Hogan. Mr. Fuji. Absolutely. Hillbilly Jim. Yes. Uh, Barry I, 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 get, I get your point. Okay. How many wrestlers did I just name? 15, 16, 17. 
exactly. all of them to all of them over a good portion of, them of those a good clear portion cut of those defined names. personalities good, good but a good portion of, the, of those names mainstream names bully that people who aren't even wrestling fans would know superstars superstars I, I I don't feel like we get that in the WWE anymore and I feel bad for the talent because there's so much great talent there that I don't think is being utilized to their maximum potential those three women listen especially Oscar we always I always talk about depth of character do you know how much depth there is to Oscar and all we get is the surface yeah we get we get her yelling and screaming in Japanese. Blah, 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 blah. What? Come on, man. Think about what Naya did by shattering Becky's face. Yep. Think about how much of a badass Shayna is. Think about how entertaining the Iconics are together. Think about the history of a Natty Neidhart and what she brings to the table. And now we have Natty like acting like a child because the, she, she, there was a, you know she didn't win the other night or something like that. I don't oh know. my god! She was, like, it's a, it's she was throwing a tantrum. What doing to her? It's embarrassing what they're doing to her. Come on! Meanwhile, I'm I, I, I I'm foaming at the mouth. Can't wait for tomorrow night for EO versus uh, EO versus uh, Rhea. Rhea Ripley. That's what EO versus Rhea. That's what I want to see. Is I can Rhea care less Ripley, about all this other crap. Is Rhea Ripley uh, talking a, 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 a million miles a minute and making jokes? No, Rhea Ripley's a badass. Io other, Shirai is a technician. Other than Charlotte and Sasha right now, and I think Sasha is completely, completely hitting her stride yes. finally. And if that's because of the Mandalorian and all that, so what, so be it. She is she looks the part, she acts the part, she talks the part, and Lord knows she wrestles the part because her game in the ring is great. But when I think of the it factor and being over, I will put Rhea up there with Charlotte and Sasha right now and snap of a finger. I'm more interested in EO versus Rhea than I am about any women's match in the WWE right now. Well, I mean, we're getting, like you said, we're getting Sasha and Asuka at Survivor's. It went the big four pay-per-views on Sunday. Asuka and Sasha, your Raw Women's Champion against your SmackDown Women's Champion. I'm, I'm in a, a complete agreement. I, I'm much more interested in EO Shirai and Rhea Ripley on NXT tomorrow. I'm much more interested in Shotzi Blackheart. I'm much more interested in Candice LeRae. Why? Why am I more interested in these women than I am the majority of the women on the on the uh, on the WWE main rosters? Why? Because I think you hit the nail on the head. What did we see last week with Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai? They showed you vignettes, video packages where you saw what they're like outside the ring and why that NXT championship means something. Tony Storm. Tony Storm. Tony Storm's another one. It was Rhea and Tony. Okay. But no, but they had they had a package for EO and Rhea as well. But the example that you're giving is what I gave for Tony and Rhea. But I love what they did with even with EO Shirai, where again with EO Shirai, she doesn't need to speak any English. She speaks in yo, she speaks in her language. And they they had they had the scroll underneath. I can see what she's saying. But you don't even need to see that. You see the emotion in her eyes and in her expressions and the words that she's saying. I'm buying in. I can't wait for that matchup. But but on on Raw, you're seeing you're seeing Nia Jax put Lana through a table nine times. You're seeing, you know, Oscar speaking a, mi- a, a mile a minute in the in the backstage interview or laughing while she's in doing Japanese it. gibberish. Yes. Now, you mentioned Nia Jax. That punch to the face to Becky, that was purely on accident. Wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah. So think about that. Just like Austin 316 was not supposed to happen. Wasn't supposed to happen. And look at what happened. Yes. The blood coming down and the the blood with Bret Hart, that wasn't supposed to happen. They were told not to do it. Bret Hart's like, fuck it. We're doing it anyway. And it's like, what did he say? Fuck it. We're doing it anyway. Just want to make sure I heard you correctly the first time. 
And it's iconic. That's one of the most iconic images of all time is that blood dripping down Stone Cold's face. Again, iconic, Becky's face covered in blood before Survivor Series two years ago. But what do, what do they want us to know now? Oh, AJ wants to be the captain. No, but Riddle, who used to be Matt Riddle, is, you know, he wants to be the captain. Captain And Braun Strowman keeps repeating, uh, get these hands. Nia Jack shattered Becky Lynch's face with one punch, but she can't take Lana out after Samoan dropping her through a table nine times. Ridiculous. Because now it's a big joke. Ha ha, look, it's a choreographed stunt. Look, hey, boss. It's fake. Come on, man. It's fake. They're yelling it's fake. You know, Randy Orton sent out a tweet the other day about, uh, what what was the name of the show? Uh, Talking Shop of Mania 2. And I read the tweet probably a dozen times because Randy was burying Talk of Shopa Mania 2, but he was also speaking a lot of truths. Like, I would never watch this trash because this makes fun of the business that I love so much. It's, uh, you know, I read the tweet and I'm like, I, I, I don't think Randy really particularly likes this stuff. Yeah, he may support these guys because maybe they were friends, you know, when they're in WWE. But it's really true. There are certain things that I would just and I'm not using I'm not using um, talking shop of mania as the example. I'm using the putting Lana through a table nine times and never having uh, her break a nail even once. So wait, so how come Lana doesn't get hurt from going through a table, but Randy Orton was selling going through a table last night? That they had to even edit edit because he he, he cursed because when he fell and hit that table, he's like, shit, because it hurt. Uh, Yeah. Why is he selling it? Why is he? He took a he took what I call a I call a baby bump. It's a small bump. He took the baby bump off the apron through the table. It's kind of like a just a little a baby nesty plunge. Mm-hmm. He sold it. How come after nine times Lana doesn't sell it anymore? Oh, because some WWE guy is going to say, "Oh, come on, Bubba, don't you get it? Don't be, you know, don't work yourself into a shoot, brother. It's just, uh, it's just a joke. It's like they were killing Kenny in in uh, in uh, in South Park. No, it's not. It, 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 you're taking a a woman who shattered Becky Lynch's face, who's the most, who's the biggest woman there, the most supposedly the most intimidating woman there. She's doing a legit uh, uh, maneuver like a Samoan drop through a table, and it's having no effect. So, if it is a joke, why should I buy into a table bump through the announce table ever again? And 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 Nia Jax is somebody that should be an unbeatable badass. If you're if you're gonna put her on TV, you're gonna tell me you're going through all this shit, like you know, with when it comes to Nia Jax, and you're using her just for a joke. You have Shayna Baszler, who's a credible MMA fighter, you know, for that women's division. She's the Brock Lesnar of that women's division, and you're using her to be a joke. Why? Why? It's What's not the, the end game I, here? It's not the way I would book any of these women. No way. If it was, it was up to me, we would get be getting a very the version of Oscar we would be getting here is a very similar version to the Oscar that we got in Japan, one with depth and layers. Shayna, Shayna would be booked like Ron, Ronda, as close to Ronda as possible because they are as close as possible. Naya, she would be booked as the woman who shattered Becky Lynch's face. She would be the bully of the whole group. And right now, she could say, you know what? Where's Becky Lynch? Becky Lynch is even here. I drove her out of, out of, you know, she had a base. She decided, you know what? After I punched her in the face, she had her moment at WrestleMania, and then she bailed. She's gone. She's gone. And then, you know what? This whole time, Nia Jack could tell, I'm the one that made Becky Lynch leave the WWE. And boy, when Becky Lynch comes back, there you go. There you go. I'm just giving, I'm just, right now I'm giving, this is not the fan in me talking, this is the professional in me talking about how I would utilize talents in different ways. Because the way I see a lot of these talents used, I'm just, I'm blown away by it. Like the Hurt Business? Nobody would touch the Hurt Business. Nobody. Nah, but they're so busy. They'd be laying waste to everybody. 
The Hurt Business would be the most intimidating faction. And every once in a while, you get a little glimpse of it. Modern day nation. Kicking ass, taking names. And then you can always have those guys like the ricochets of the world um, or the Apollo Cruises. They have to stand up to them. But everybody's been watered down and so 50-50, you don't care about when Apollo Cruz or or Ricochet stands up to them. It's, Me, a, it's a shame. What word, what, the word that I just used is the one word that, that the WWE lacks at times. Care. They don't make me care about their characters. I want to care. I want to give a damn. I want to love. I want to hate. I want to laugh. I want to cry. I want to be emotionally invested in your characters. I could give a fuck less about your moves. Your moves don't mean a damn thing. If I don't care about you, I want to react and respond to you, not your move. Because anybody could do the same move and get the same reaction because it's just a move. Bully, when you talk about emotional, when you talk about passion, when you talk about buying in, all the words that we use when we describe, describe pro wrestling when it's done right. And I think the biggest thing is caring. Case in point, we've talked about this plenty, but... To me, the biggest example of this is Keith Lee. On August 30th, Keith Lee beat Randy Orton, pinned him uh, at WWE Payback. Pinned Randy Orton, one, two, three. Randy Orton, who's fucking Randy Orton, who just lost the WWE Championship to Drew McIntyre, first bout Hall of Famer. Keith Lee, in his, what, second match on the main roster in the WWE Beats Randy Orton clean in the middle of the ring. Then Keith Lee, the next night on Raw, beats Dolph Ziggler in the middle of the ring. Pretty good record. 2-0 and beating Randy Orton and Dolph Ziggler. Okay? After that, Randy Orton uh, beats Keith Lee, uh, pins him in a three-way match with the two of them and Seth Rollins. Then Randy Orton beats Keith Lee by disqualification. Then there's a, a draw between Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre. Braun Strowman, a draw with Keith Lee. Braun Strowman beats Keith Lee clean in the middle of the ring, pins him. Braun Strowman once again beats Keith Lee in a triple threat match with Sheamus. And then last night we see, you know, Mason, Mustafa Ali, and Slapjack and T-Bar beat the team of, of, of Raw with Keith Lee. See what I'm saying? You're going to bring Keith Lee on a pay-per-view, beat Randy Orton, and now the majority of the matches since then, he loses. Some of them pins in the middle of the ring. Why? You just made me care about this guy to the point like, holy shit, he just beat Randy Orton. Does this have him lose? Does that make any sense at all to you, Bully? Somehow in the world of Monday Night Raw and the WWE, it makes sense. Unfortunately, creative is at the whim of Vince every single week. You you don't know what he's going to like. You don't know what he's going to dislike on a week-to-week basis. You try to write for things that, A, he is going to like, and hopefully the fan base will like also. One week he sees it in a talent, the next week he doesn't. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and whether or not you're over or not is in the eyes of Vince McMahon. It goes back to what I've been saying about Vince for an eternity. In the Bible, it says God created man in his image, and in the WWE, Vince has to create you in his image. It has to be what his vision for you is. It, did, it wasn't like that a while ago, if you could show him something, go strike a nerve. I keep going back to Austin 316 because that was the nerve. I'm sure that there are talents out there capable of doing and saying something on their own that would resonate. Look at what Cody and the Bucks have done. Yeah, they're not attracting millions and millions of fans, but they're attracting a large enough fan base to create another company. They went out there and they did something on their own. 
How do three guys go and do a pay-per-view on their own? Three guys. Now, yes, Ring of Honor backed it up with production and all that happy horse shit. But the perception was it was Cody and the Bucks doing it on their own. Sold out 12,400 seats. We're seeing across the across the wrestling business when guys and gals are allowed there allowed to go out there and have some of their own input. We get a lot of magical things that happen. Some things are wonky, but for the most part, we're finding ourselves liking things. It's different. You can see you can see the 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 the, the wrestlers touch. You know, Kenny Omega calls this an art form, and he's an artist. Well, how, I don't know many artists that can just conform to the paint by numbers. And that's what happens in the WWE. You have a lot of artists being forced to paint by numbers every single week. The WWE superstar is Felix Unger, portrait especially. It's a commercial photographer. He's not doing art shots. He's doing what he's told to do. Like you just said, paint by numbers. Now, there's a way you can own it and make it your own. Like Roman Reigns is killing it on SmackDown. But there's some realism to it. There's some meat on that bone. But I don't understand bringing in a Keith Lee, take him away from NXT when you had a great feud with Karrion Cross. You're taking from NXT to put him on roll. You're doing that for a reason. You see something in Keith Lee where it's like, I want, we need him on Raw. Then you see him beat Randy Orton on a pay-per-view. And then you do nothing with him. If I'm loving the Roman story, if I'm loving the Seth Rollins Mysterio story, and if I'm loving the Bray Wyatt Alexa Bliss story, why can't I be loving every story? Why can't I be emotionally invested in all the characters the way I'm invested in those characters? Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.